Hello everyone and welcome fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, we held a roundtable with some individuals from this industry that are in a similar situation. All of them own high-end studios, and all of them are currently looking for employees to join their teams. However, in this employee's market, we have noticed as an industry that more shops than ever are looking to hire. However, if that is the case... Why aren't the positions being filled? Maybe the workforce isn't what it used to be. On the other hand, maybe it is because the workforce isn't up to current standards. We sat down with Nick San Gregory of 616 Body Piercing and Fine Jewelry in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Shelby and Adam Richens of Amory Body Arts in Santa Cruz, California. Each presents a view of not only what they are looking for in an employee, but also about why the industry may be experiencing this bubble. So without further ado, listen in as we talk about what desirable skills an employer looks for, how we can burst the employer bubble, and why the expectations as an owner are so high. I'm sitting down with three of my favorite people on the planet today. And I'm going to just let him go ahead and introduce himself. So uh, why don't you kick this off, Adam? Uh, my name is Adam Richens. I own and operate and pierce out of Amory Body Arts in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, I have been piercing for 12 years as of next month. And I have owned a studio for Drive too. And we have your wonderful and beautiful counterpart here. So, Shelby. Hello, my name is Shelby Richens. I also own and operate Amory Body Arts um, for a couple of years. I also worked at World Renown Anatometal, um, handing out jewelry to the beautiful people in our industry. And now I don't necessarily pierce as much as I used to um, because I'm hand- handling all of the administrative side of the business. And I've been piercing for, I think I've been in the industry now, this year will be 11 years. Oh my God, I've only been piercing for like... I think like eight now, like it's crazy. Anyways, our, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the worst. Uh, our last guest uh, is someone that I absolutely adore because he is very honest about everything. And it's one of the reasons why I like him. So uh, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself, Nick? <laughs> I am Nick San Gregory. I own and operate and pierce out of 616 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I think this is my 12th year, something like that in the industry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know it, when you try to like sit back and reflect on it, you can never remember. It's like trying to remember your own phone number. Exactly. <laughs> so the reason why I have these guests on today's episode is because I want to talk about something that's a little taboo and not a lot of people want to talk about it in public, which is the reason why we have this show. And what we're going to be talking about is the current hiring situation in our industry. So as we're seeing now, there's an extremely high demand from some of the top studios in the country. Uh, There are more employment opportunities in more high-end shops than we have ever seen. But it seems like those positions are not being filled. And we're looking at the reason why they're not being filled and also ways that you can kind of want to say reflect on yourself to see if you can make yourself more desirable as a potential employee for these studios. So with that being said... Why do you folks think that we're having such a high demand of jobs in some of the best studios? Oh, man. I feel like that there are a lot of piercers who are in unfortunate positions as far as the studios that they're currently at. And instead of trying to better themselves in the position that they're at, they're trying to seek out studios that kind of like what Nick and I had just talked about, like how they just want to like plug and play. Like, okay, mm-hmm. no. I'm just going to bounce from my really shitty situation into this awesome studio that has been running seamlessly from the get-go 
instead of trying to earn their place in said studio. And so I feel like that is kind of the position that we're in at the moment is people have become a little bit complacent with where they're at. Uh, yeah, so I kind of agree with what we were saying, but I also have a second thought in a bunch, right? Where pff, fucking if you took me back like eight years ago and you said, hey, dude, um, some of your favorite studios with some of your favorite people are hiring. I would have done fucking anything to get out of the little like, you know, uh, hole in the wall tattoo shop that didn't give a shit about me to progress. Right. Like, I think any of us would. Adam, actually, you did that. Um, yeah. So, you know, you were presented with an opportunity. You kind of had to just be like, I don't know if I deserve this, but I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply and I'm going to hope for the best. Right. No one wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that anymore. And, and I think it has a lot to do with, um, like, like Shelby just said, the complacency. Um, but I think People also... don't take risks anymore. Exactly. They're scared. Everyone's got... And it sucks, too, because I, I really am not trying to pick on, like, anxiety issues. We all know I have my own. Um, and I think everyone in here does. But, like, I think the anxiety issues are being kind of catered to in as much as, like, well, you don't have to do that now. We've, we've got a place for you. You can just hang out here you can be a mediocre piercer a mediocre studio for the rest of your fucking existence and because piercing is so popular now even if you never get better you'll always have a job and you'll probably make some money you know like you'll you, you'll be fine you maybe you won't be great and you won't but it doesn't matter though you they'll be fine they can like i looked around all over the place i looked for people to even just like you know just invite and be like hey you know do you, do you maybe want to apply? Why aren't you applying? Anything like that. There's a bunch of these studios. They just want to stay. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, why would you want to stay and be mediocre? It doesn't make any sense. I would have given anything to get better. I mean, like, Adam, you you hopped on a plane 12 days after receiving a job offer and moved across the country because you were so unhappy with where you're at and you knew that it would be the best move for your career. And I feel like that I, I have a hard time believing that people live and breathe body piercing in the industry the way that we used to mm -hmm. you know it, it's just it's not the same anymore and and that's not it's not a bad thing that's okay like obviously people have lives outside of piercing nick you are actively involved in like bodybuilding which is amazing adam no. and oh yes it is <laughs> it's adam not bodybuilding thing or, Thank you. Well, what is this? What are you, what are you doing? You're looking, looking huge. You're gigantic. It's you're yeah. building your body. <laughs> Wait, will change that to say in the fitness industry. <laughs> okay, let no. me yeah. say that one more time. I mean, Nick, look at yourself. You're getting into the fitness industry. Boom. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like people don't take risks anymore. Yeah, I will say. I mean, I, you're talking to someone who didn't move away from his hometown until they were twenty. Five? I want to say 25. Uh, I liked, I like home. Like I always consider upstate New York home because that's where my family is. And it's scary as shit. Like my wife, for example, moved across the whole country and she was like, I'm cool with that. Like better opportunity. Let's pack it up and go. Mm -hmm. And then once like we got married and created a family dynamic, I was like, Oh, I was like, my bubble is right here. It doesn't matter where it goes. But a lot of people are afraid to, find a new coffee shop and find new bars and find new friends. Cause making friends as an adult is like the hardest shit ever. There, there's nothing. Uh, let's be real. Like, uh, hello person. I think that I won't hate you. Can we hang out? <laughs> like it sucks. You know, it's super scary for a lot of people to, you know, make themselves vulnerable and move somewhere else. And I, I'm not trying to make it sound like everyone on here is an old curmudgeon when it comes to body piercing. Cause I got into the game like very late. But still, like, you need to take risks in order to develop yourself as a person because I think everyone should at least once move away from their hometown to just experience something else, even if it is that you come back. So I don't think that what we do is the most important thing ever. Like, if you look around at piercers, you get a lot of, and there's a lot of complaints about from older piercers to younger piercers and people just bitching and complaining. Piercing is fucking cool. What we do is awesome, and I'm, and I'm really, really excited for the opportunity to get to do what I do every day. But let's be completely real. It is not that crazy important. But what boggles my mind is, like, if you're going, you know, if you're going to be a piercer, you, you probably want to be the best one you could be, right? 
And so, you know, the opportunity arises and we've got what, six, seven shops hiring at once. And nobody, like we all talk, nobody's really jumping on that. So we should have all gotten the same applicants. We should have gotten the same applicants. Not only should we have gotten the same applicants, we should have gotten like, if we look around and and every piercer and every group of friends has, you know, people that they kind of nitpick at, we all do it a little bit. You would think that we would see some of these people applying. No, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't. It's kind of wild to me. Like, that's telling me that a bunch of people either aren't seeing the treatment or they aren't seeing the opportunities in front of them or they're just like not caring. I, I, and that's I, can, I see two things with the whole taking risks thing. And, and that's something that like literally all of us have talked about. And the fact that like what my personal story aside, that's just the way that it was. We used to all be like, oh, I hate that I'm having to use this jewelry and I have this opportunity, but it's three states away. It doesn't matter. Do it. Anything you could to be a better piercer. And, and within the last couple of days, it kind of hit me that I realized that like we're all in Facebook groups, but most of us are in like Facebook groups that are like we all have like the main ones that were that most of us are in and then you have like little ones that's like your subgroup of friends and and every little aspect of our industry has their subgroup of friends and maybe mm-hmm. it's like well for us it was like do everything you can to use the the best stuff and now if you're in a less than stellar situation but it's not the worst situation they're bitching about it might be the cool new thing like they're not trying to fix it but they all still have it to complain about. And nobody's trying to be like, no, 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 I just need to get out of the situation. We should have all gotten the same applicants. If you're hungry, you would have been like, wait, what good shops are hiring? There's fucking six. That's right. a one, you know what I mean? Like, let me, I'll email them all right now. Like, that's what it should have been. Yeah. And that's not what it is. Also, too, like, you know, I think it's so silly to say back in the day. So don't include this part, but, or that specific part. But like, you know, when we were after it, um, what we did was we, you know, we, we were like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling good enough or oh, whatever have you, you jumped at the op for you. That was moving across state for me. It was just kind of forcing myself into different situations for Shelby. I know she did a bunch too, but you know, um, but that's not really the thing. And you were saying that maybe, maybe complaining about us, a new cool thing, maybe, but I think like, yeah, pl- complaining about it gets applause and gets like, Oh, it's okay. It'll get better. So people hear it will get better they're not they don't actually want it to get better they just want to keep bitching that's what and saying. i don't understand that dynamic at all it doesn't get better if you just sit there and you keep piercing nostrils terribly with terrible jewelry you're not going to pick it up to get better and if someone comes around and says hey i've got some advice for you and you just cry to your friends instead of taking the advice or saying hey can i come shadow you does that still exist it, it's not, not much as it did no, how often people, do you see it i've gotten two two since i've had the past two shops that's and nuts that's, that's what i'm Dude, saying because back in the day it used to be you know you would you would see it and it was oh check this out this person's here shadowing and you know and now you don't see even shops doing that stuff anymore well i think it's too easily accessible now so like any information that someone could want they could easily go into a facebook group and just ask the question and get the answer that they need and so I, I feel had like that when we were, we had that. It wasn't as accessible, but, but we absolutely had that. But I feel like that we, yes, I will say yes, but I feel like that because of now we're all kind of like, we all used to be like, everyone should be better. Everyone should learn. Everyone should use good jewelry. Everyone should be doing these things. And they are, but now I feel like people are more willing to like divulge that information back then. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like that it's too easily accessible and that and that could be the reason why like we've had a, a quite a few people who've gotten in touch with us and who've been like you know we want to come in and we want to shadow but no one's jumped the gun and mm. we're we're as accommodating I mean like Adam and I we have three cars so we'll be like yeah if you want to come take a flight out here you have a place to stay you have a car to use whatever it may be but just no one no one reaches for the apple anymore I don't know yeah, that's a that's a really weird a weird thing. Like case case in point, the first time I met Adam, I was like, I'm gonna buy a plane ticket. Like I'm gonna stay for three days and I'm gonna go back to my normal nine to five job so that I can watch you work for a weekend. Or like case case in point, like the first time I went to go see Nick at Dorje, I was like, Hey, I live in New York. I'm five hours from you. Can I come shadow you and then I'll drive home? And he was like, You can come shadow 
crash and then leave the next morning after breakfast so we can talk about everything. And that's how I got some of the strongest friendships that I have. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know if it's I I don't want to be like like a grouch and say this. I don't know if it's a lack of drive or what it is, but maybe maybe it is the information is so accessible. It's almost like a Google syndrome where you just like find out the answer and then like try to apply it and forget it. But there's nothing like learning, watching, being there someone directly so that you can immediately ask like a hundred questions afterwards. Right. And, right. and it's just one of those things like Adam used to make fun of me because when I went to go visit, he'd see me like scribbling down in a book because I'm like writing down everything. So I don't forget it. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. something we see anymore. Well, I mean, if, if you think about it, like it, so when we talk about a good piercer, we're not talking about good jewelry. If you do bad piercings and put in good jewelry, that doesn't make you a good piercer. So you would need technique and technique would be, I did it when I was in my shithole hometown in my shithole shop. And I met Mateo and I was like, yo, can I, can I just come watch you? And he was just like, yeah, that's fine. And I would come down, I'd drive three and a half hours every other weekend. And we weren't boys. I wasn't crashing at his house. I would drive home that night, but I get to watch him pierce. I got to pick his brain about his techniques. Now, Mm -hmm. Oh, you you don't know how to do a filtrum inside out with, you know, okay, cool. Well, give me literally 15 minutes. I'll go into my Facebook and I'll find one of maybe three groups and I can find you five videos of how they're done. You don't need to come watch me in person. I can show you a video and it's narrated. But, but that's not even helpful. And we all know that. They oh, just no, think that's that not helpful. Not helpful at all. It's like going on YouTube and saying, well, I know how to do this. So it's funny that you bring up Mateo because that reminds me like years and years ago. I mean, like, Let's just face it. Septums are probably one of the most damned piercings for every piercer. I now love them. I love them. I have a really high success rate. It's like the the one thing that I actually feel like I'm okay at. And uh, I remember years ago, before Mateo and I were like super close, I hit him up. I just like fucking, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was struggling and I had seen some videos of his on BME. And I was just like, dude, I got to talk to this cat. And I did. I just mustered it up. Uh, hey, man, can we just like bullshit technique? Like, I know I can't see. You. And then I ended up flying out to his studio and he was just like, why don't you just come like hang out and guest spot and shit? You know, like it just became a thing that way. Similar. I mean, I had to fly there, but like you just had to do it. Whereas now, I don't know. It's there, but they don't want to go any further than like, oh, well, I read it online. Like I read the technique or you know what else pisses me off? I think it's a super great. Everybody's a teacher. And so you can, you can just go, you can just go like take a class. And then all of a sudden you've taken these classes at APP. You've taken all of the, you know, the, there's a handful of really wonderful piercers now that are, you know, doing their traveling seminars and stuff. And they're doing awesome things. So I'm not shitting on that. These people can take these classes and automatically feel like they know they no longer need to improve by going to other studios and working alongside other piercers. They've taken the seminar. They have the seal of approval. They're now better. And that's it. And they're good. I mean, I can yeah. see that mindset where, cause there's also like a piercing educational course that you could take where that encourages an apprenticeship. But I remember when I started my apprenticeship, my mentor was like, yeah, if you want to pay to take this class, you know, you're, you're not going to have to apprentice as long. And that's how most like less than seller situations or shops that are like, we really need a piercer. We'll send you to this seminar. And it's like, so yeah. just because something's prefaced with this isn't the, you know, this is not the end all be all. That doesn't mean that people aren't taking it that way. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. It really is. I know exactly what everyone's speaking about. Like it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if it's a false sense of confidence or what it is, uh, but it is definitely something that some people have. And it's almost like the, what's the old saying? Like the, blind leading the blind, like that kind of scenario Mm -hmm. where it's someone may be teaching you how to do something, but it's not a hundred percent the correct way, but it looks better than the way that you're doing it. Like that's still not a good way. And you should never take one person's like class or learning to be the end all be all. You should get your information from a plethora of different sources. So always like, you know, make sure you do that and then when it comes to people being like uh what nick stated where people are teachers themselves like i one of the things that cracks me up is a lot of people are like yeah like i i could be a master piercer but well not really because to be like a master in anything it's like recommended that you do it for a thousand hours so that means like if you want to be a master at nostrils that literally means a thousand hours of doing nothing but the actual piercing of a nostril, like the little mm. like boop, 
you know, like, right. there's very few of us that have like garnered, like, you know, have gotten that title. And even, I don't know, it's kind of weird because I feel like when I'm saying there's all these classes you can take that I'm kind of bashing the people instructing the classes. And I think I want to clarify that I'm not, I think that what they're doing is wonderful, but I think that what they're doing is simply a quick kind of instructional, like maybe a, a small like tutorial. Like this is, this is the you walking onto the diving board to jump off. That's, can I say that's how names? I look at them. Can I say their names? Oh yeah, go for it. Okay. So we had Luis teaching a uh, genital seminar at my studio, right? And we had people come, come from all over, um, hung out. It was a wonderful day. He did a, he did quite a few piercings that day. Um, and we made a, you know, a list of different things and he, he kind of checked them all off and it was an awesome experience overall. I really liked that because I found myself to be pretty wounded in general different take on it from somebody who's been doing it a lot longer that that didn't mean that all of a sudden i just felt like i was like the best you know i like oh i took his class i'm the you know the greatest i still wanted to you know we he stayed with me so we he came back to my house he was here for a few days and like we spent a good amount of time talking about stabbing dicks you know just like i just picked his brain like it didn't matter that i've been doing it 11 years this is this is like a whole nother thing you know i just wanted to know more but that's still you know we got a bunch of people that were in that class that had never done them before now i would be kind of bummed if they just went home and all of a sudden were like oh cool someone come in so i can do a four gauge apodravia i watched him do it let me attempt this yeah (laughs) yeah he didn't he didn't like you didn't it wasn't a hands-on there wasn't five of us and then we all did it at the same time you know there there was nothing it, we watched him we listened to his class it was incredibly informational tons and tons of information but it since since these classes can't be hands-on i think actually that's not true i know ryan did a hands-on with uh bananas and that was actually pretty fucking cool but like since most of these can't really be hands-on with clients and we're not, you can't get that full experience. So like when you're at conference, when you're at these people's classes, it is so much awesome information. I think that's wonderful, but you are not getting enough to say, Oh, I got it. That's it. I don't, I don't need any more help. I shouldn't, you know, like it just kind of ends there for some people. And that really boggles my mind. I mean, we, we recently just, um, Adam recently did a guest spot in San Diego and, uh, he was there for a few days prior before I arrived and we stayed with one of the piercers at Enigma. Uh, his name is Dan, Dan Steinbacher and baby Dan. Uh, (laughs) it's amazing. We came back just over a weekend of him and I sitting there going back and forth talking about piercing just discussing it i didn't even have a chance to watch him pierce and adam actually did adam got to watch him pierce and we came back from just a 40 for me a 48 hour trip walked back into our studio and was just like all right this is how we're fucking doing things now yeah because it was just a short period of time with that much information to be like there's a way there's a better way to do this Mm-hmm. And so in if we were to get that in just, you know, a week's time, I, I can't even imagine what it would be if people actually put themselves out there. Oh, man, I went I came to your guys studio for your gorgeous wedding and we got to check Aww. out your beautiful studio. Right. Um, nah. <laughs> listen, that place is absolutely fabulous. It really anybody is. Listening, anybody listening will please include this. You need to go visit Amory beautiful studio run by beautiful people if you want to know how to do a studio right check that fucking place out thank I you came Nick. back. yeah absolutely man i came back just like yo we gotta flip some shit I, it's too good it's too good like there was just there was ideas that were so like i pride myself in doing things like kind of too stupid simple and you made me look like i was just like way overdoing it loved it you know and it was just you know it was only in there for a few hours before we caught our plane back i was just like this is just too good you know and and it and it makes such a great impact so to actually uproot yourself or even just for the week or like shadowing for the weekend just to like plant yourself in a better position for a bit and just see what else is there it's so inspiring mm-hmm. but, but people don't people don't really know that it can be that way because they haven't done it. Now we're kind of in a position where they're not going to do it because they, they don't know. I mean, I've been talking to Adam about how like he and I, we want to take turns leaving the studio and going to visit other studios literally just to see how they operate. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I don't want a guest spot. 
I want to go. I just want to sit there and I want to just look. Yeah, I just want to shadow. I just want to watch. I want to see what everyone is doing. I feel like that. I don't know. I just I feel like that we could always be better in in our trade and in our skill. And if people continue to just kind of settle, then poor studios like ours are never going to have staff piercers. Yeah. Well, even when I was there, I had Adam install my, uh, it was before the wedding, I had Adam install my nostril jewelry for me. And like, kind of the way he was setting up, he was just like, oh, how do you do this? Do you want me to do it this way? I'm like, dude, it's your studio. Do it your way. But it was awesome to just even like, just two studio owners just bullshitting before his wedding. He was also probably nervous because, you know, gorgeous wife in the other room. But like, we had to go and just, just like bounce ideas off each other for that like 15 seconds of just installing jewelry. And like you can't, you can't just get that from a forum. Mm-mm, you can't no. get that from stroking your ego, typing a bunch of shit. You got to like open up and like be vulnerable and talk to people and like watch them and have them watch you and like get shaky and like fucking eat it and just talk to them about it. You know what so I mean? I think that's a really good point. Uh, it it seems like everyone is afraid, and I and I truly mean the word afraid in this to expose themselves to be like hey like i have a chink in this armor like i'm not good at this or i'm not i'm like this isn't a strong suit for me and i feel like when they admit something like that they devalue themselves so they don't want to say that like Mm -hmm. like case in point not gonna lie like i pierced the other day for the first time in like six months and i was like whoa like forgot about this you know like (laughs) because i've been doing a lot of the community outreach and stuff and you know, uh, once I, I think I actually messaged Adam about it because we're having that Fitbit fight. And I was like, whoa, did this today. Like, oh, muscle memory came back, but it took me a few hours to get it back. And like, for example, no joke. Like, I don't do a lot of genital piercings because I haven't had enough exposure to them to feel comfortable doing them on my own. And, you know, like for me to go to a potential employer to be like, hey, two things. One, I broke my hand diving out of a hearse, so I can't free palm with my left hand, so I need tools. And two, uh, I don't do a lot of genital stuff. So it's one of those things where, like, that may make me less desirable. Like, that's cool. Like, you work in a fully disposable studio, I guess I'm buying a bunch of tools when I come to visit, like, and just throwing them out. Like, that's fine. That's, That's on me. But, like, a lot of people are afraid to admit those types of things. Yeah. When when the alternative is you don't admit it, you get the job and then they realize it. And then that, that mark stains you forever. And it's so much worse. That's such a worse scenario. So we just, we just hired, uh, we just hired a new piercer. And when I interviewed her, congrats on that. Thank you. Uh, and when I, when I interviewed her, I asked her, I didn't, I didn't say, you know, oh, we're, I don't think I might've, she'll probably read or listen to this and correct me. But, um, I don't think I said like, oh, we're, I'm only freehand and blah, 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 blah. Cause like, I don't give a shit. Listen, people, it's not fucking cool points. Pierce, however, is comfortable for you. A lot of us just learned how to do it different ways because I don't know about you guys. I kind of got bored and it got more comfortable, you know? So, so I work this way. And we shadowed under different people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I learned the bulk of my current piercing technique. What I stole information from was Mattel. And he was sort of directly out of a statum, didn't touch shit. He pout, poked all that was, and like, I spent a lot of time with him. So I grabbed a lot from that and just kind of evolved from there. But anyways, I'm talking to this girl and I'm like, do you, like, how do you pierce? And you could kind of see there was, there was this kind of moment. And then she was just brutally honest. She was like, this is how much experience I have. This is, this is what I don't have experience in. Um, and 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 I'm I'm good at these techniques. I'm not good at these techniques. And I and I applauded that. I said, you know, we actually work with you. That's yeah. That's honestly amazing. Yeah, and I was really stoked for that. So because I said I can work with you on a lot of these things, you know, and others just come with time. We've recently been having a guest piercer um, come in a couple of times a month just to just to give Adam and I some time off, and it's been. It's been amazing. And she she doesn't have a whole lot of experience with genitals. She doesn't have a whole lot of experience with like surface piercings or more like focus oriented septum piercings, like any deviated septums. Like it's just kind of a a nerve wracking experience for her. Uh And it was I think it was two weeks ago we had a young lady come in and she was requesting getting a VCH. 
And I looked at her and I was like, you've seen enough of these. Do you feel comfortable doing one for the first time? And she was like, the excitement in her eyes, just in the fact that this client was not only willing to let her do her first one on her, but that I, as a studio owner, was like, yeah, I'll waive the piercing fee. Come on back. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing that's going to benefit from that is her being honest with us and us being able to push her in that direction because her taking these risks is only going to benefit her career and us as studio owners or any other studio owner that she desires to work for. Yeah. And so it, you know, she got to do her first thread piercing and I was in the room with her and in case she needed any help, I helped talk her through it and it was no problem at all. Same thing (laughs) with a deviated septum that came in. Like it was, it was, it was no different than that. And so it's just, I, I feel like the honesty makes me feel more comfortable because it, it gives me a direction to help guide them in. Yeah. It will. And, you know, years ago too, I mean, I didn't really have, I didn't have the availability to say, Hey, um, you know, I don't, I can't do that because you know my other piercer it was just me it was always me and i didn't have a lot of experience and stuff it was trial by fire um and the unfortunate thing is this kind of sucks to say out loud but it's the it's the fact of the matter you learn a lot by fucking up a lot you do owning it and like telling your clients like listen this is going to be a learning you know this this is this is me doing my first one and you have to own that shit and i think a lot of people are on that shit and like came to me and said, I don't do X, Y, and Z. Or, or I just simply because I don't have experience, I'd love to learn them and, and I'd love to shadow you while you're doing these things and watch them. I thought that was really awesome. But it also kind of bummed me out because I'm like, why hasn't somebody given you the opportunity to do it? Like exactly. what studio were you at? What has somebody done? Or or have you just simply not? I don't actually know the, the ramifications behind it. I didn't talk too, too much about that. But like, I had to learn a lot by doing and by asking a bunch of questions and by just setting myself in that predicament where, where I couldn't turn to, you know, my boss. I was the boss kind of my actual boss was kind of, a, you know, a tattooer that didn't give a shit. And I couldn't turn to somebody and be like, how do I do that? It was you, you figure some things out and hopefully ask some, some of your friends on, well, at the time BME, but um, it's just not, it's not, it's not the same. Like people, don't want to screw things up so they're not putting themselves there but then you have someone like yourself or like me who are going to look at who are look at someone coming in and going okay um you don't have experience with and you believe should so here's how we're going to get there Mm -hmm. and let's figure this out you know (laughs) because it's i mean how the fuck else you get there you didn't know how to do a tongue until you did it you didn't know how to do a septum until you did it and if a septum is scary do 50 of them just keep doing them like me, for example, my my mentor wasn't a huge fan of doing tongue piercings for whatever reason, his own reasons, not going to shit on it. He's an incredible piercer. He's been doing this for since like 99. So, but I had to go to another studio in town and I shadowed them to learn how to do tongue piercings because I knew that it was part of my job to pierce bodies, <laughs> Right. but I couldn't just turn someone away and go, oh no. Mm, I can't do that. So, I mean, and, and of course it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying going to another studio, watching someone else do this stuff, watching, you know, them watching me under their guidance. But all in all, all it did was benefit the shop that I was at. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, and it benefited me as a piercer. And I, and I wish, I just want more people to do that, I guess. I think it's a, a super valid thing to point, point out the fact that, you realize that you had a weakness. You admitted the weakness to yourself. And instead of being like, we don't do tongue piercings here. You took the initiative to go out, find someone that did and learn that skill set. Mm-hmm. That is way different from being like, I was never taught this. Well, mm-hmm. you still have the ability to learn and you should go out and do this. So there, I, I just want to point that out so that there's very clear definition in that line. But yeah, it's it seems like... All, all of the things that we've been talking about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of move us to the next point here, is it seems like all of the folks that have this drive, that have the, I'm going to just call it the hunger to work in the best studios, have the best things and everything like that, seems to have opened up their own shops. I was in a situation where I was like, things aren't going to be done correctly. I need to do it myself. 
So I opened up my own shop. I know that Adam and Shelby waited a long time to open up their shop and probably a similar situation with Nick. So do you think that all of these folks that were the qualified candidates that we had before have now left to go open up their own shop because they wanted to do it their way, which has created a bubble of less desirable individuals to hire? Yeah. Hmm. It's yeah. a loaded question. It's a that very is, loaded is. question. That is a very loaded question. <laughs> but, well, so, here's, yeah. here's a part of it that I can, I can kind of dive into. I know that if they didn't open up their own studios, the other qualified people that maybe were a part of studios, you know, they're, maybe they're a part of bigger studios, they're a part of whatever. Like, for instance, I had a couple people talk to me about like i've been searching for the past like two years just really quietly i i wasn't actively searching until maybe a couple months ago but i was i was uh i'm sorry i wasn't doing it like publicly until maybe a couple months ago but i've been quietly searching for like the past two or so years and i've been approached by a handful who didn't want just to pierce at a at another great studio they wanted to buy in huh. so it, it ah. yeah so people might be getting bored of their current positions and want to move up because they're not appreciated even for what they are there. Or maybe they don't feel appreciated. Whether or not they are is none of my business, but maybe they don't feel like they're getting quite what they want, right? So instead of just taking a position elsewhere and kind of changing their environment, they just want to buy in. And I'm like, I'm not looking for a buy-in. I'm looking for piercer. I'm looking for staff. And I'm not looking to share. (laughs) I'm looking for staff. Yeah, here's another big question. With that being said, if you had the choice of just piercing or being a piercer and an owner, which one of those two would you pick? I don't feel like I can go back to being just a piercer. Now experience both. Just, just, Just because I now work at a studio that's specifically outfitted to the needs and the wants that I have. And I've never worked at a studio that would do that for me as a piercer. Not to say that I haven't worked at good studios, but if you were to give it just a full, like what's your ideal scenario? What tools do you want? What jewelry do you like? What this, what that, what that? And you hand that to an owner that hires you. Even if you've been there for a couple of years, nobody's going to go, okay, I will do this for you 100% to your specifications because you're the head piercer. Nobody ever does that. And so for me, getting and having everything the way that I wanted to work the most efficiently, I had to open my own studio. Also the fact that nobody ever wants to hire a couple and I happened to be married to another piercer. So that was, that was that's a, a whole nother monster. But like, I really think that's a valid thing to bring up. So I'm, I'm going to point out my observation. It may differ from yours. And if it does feel free to chime in, but a lot of piercers somehow fall into this like semi managerial role where they are Fair. ordering the jewelry they are in a, in a lot of shops taking care of like tattooers, making sure that there's supplies running front end, counting down a register, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people feel that they are more qualified to run slash own a shop than a lot of other people. Yeah. And I, I feel like they're trying to jump into that. So I, I feel like there's this thing where it's like you look with like heart shaped eyes at a person who's just piercing, who doesn't have to do any of the other stuff. But then on the same note, you're like, I have this new skill set. I need to use the skills that I've acquired. So true. But kind of at the same time, Nick and mine's quick. Nick and Shelby, you guys both manage studios well before you owned a studio. Do you feel like it's the same beast? No, not at all. No, not, not, not at all. Not on the same level. I mean, I feel like that. I mean, I if it wasn't for other business owners being as open as they were with Adam and I when we were in the process of opening Amory, I don't feel like that we would be where we are today. I feel the same way. And, Nick from Dorje did that for me. And it's because and it's because we didn't approach it as like, oh, I, I've run I've run a studio before. It's fine. I can just fucking do this. We mm-hmm. we knew that it was gonna be a whole different monster. And so us being Try. I mean, fuck. To say that we were prepared in the least bit is a lie. But <laughs> as as far as like what we could do with the information that we had, if it wasn't for other business owners willing to share, Nick as well. I mean, Nick was a huge resource for us when we were opening. Huge. And so it was. If if it wasn't for people like him, I don't feel like that we would be where we are. And so to think that they're one in the same, I, I it's false. <laughs> and I, 
I wanted to make sure that that was at least said outwardly for anybody that's listening that thinks it's the same. Yeah. I by no means felt in hindsight, I don't feel like any, I was anywhere near prepared. Hmm. Yeah. I'm complete in total transparency. I was not prepared like I thought, and I did not even think I was fucking prepared. Let me nope. make that clear as hell. I, <laughs> I, there I was were not, sheer moments of panic. <laughs> I was not, I was in, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so I fucking, I had a, uh, a problem and I had to close the studio that I had made because the you know this this shit happened and I was about to make 616 the day that 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 I got the word that I had to shut down my portion of artisan um I went for a walk I met up with a friend and realized that the storefront next door to his studio was open and I just on a whim called the landlord and got the place just like that I lucked out and then I left town for about 3 weeks while I waited for the other guy to move out so that I could get um I could get some things in order, make a couple bucks. Like I was not in a position to open another studio, but what you have to realize is at that time, I didn't really have too much of a choice. I didn't have any time. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any resources. And I was just kind of this holy shit moment. So, um, I had every opportunity at that point. I had, I had just kind of had a bit, the business didn't fail on me, but there was something that made it close, whatever. And, and I had an out, but I didn't want to take it yet. I didn't feel like I had done enough. So I selfishly decided I'm going to go ahead and try and do this again and just, just see what happens. So I leave town. I'm in the Bay Area and I just had a meltdown. I, I just, I had a fucking meltdown. I called my wife and I was like, I don't think I can do this. I don't, I don't think I can do this. And she's like, okay, that's okay. We're going to get up and move then. Where do you want to go? And like her saying that kind of kicked me in the brain. And I was like, nah, fuck that. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I just said it out loud that I was nervous. I was not prepared. 616 was nothing when we started. Like, I feel like when Amory started, it's what 616 got year two. You know, like, it was just nothing. And um, I, was, I wasn't prepared. So in hindsight, I maybe thought, like, you know, I was just this fucking dumb kid that was like, oh, well, things aren't working out here i like my other options i'm gonna go open up a studio and that that's the option that i see fit no matter how prepared i may have thought i was i was nowhere near prepared so if anybody thinks that just because they can you know book appointments for tattoo artists that don't give about you and just want to use you because you're in there it's not the same like no running a studio like oh you order jewelry Mm-mm. once a month with somebody else's money try ordering jewelry once a week with your money you don't have <laughs> your own fucking money <laughs> yeah. that you don't yeah. have that you <laughs> every every have. time we send off a gold order it's i hope this looks good dude every time i send up <laughs> yeah. a fucking titanium order, do you know what it looks you know like look look at look at the books right and look at tens of thousands of dollars that you need and then realize that every company that you need that jewelry from is nearly three months out right now. That's a good, that's, yep. that's a whole different fucking monster. And we all understand why that's happening, but that's a whole different thing. Look at that. And then look at tens of thousands of dollars that you have to spend in order to keep this ball rolling and try and ask yourself if you're ready. It's, it's hard, man. I never, ever, yeah. ever thought I was going to look at that. Some studios have, I mean, like to the people who have like people who are either financially backing them or, you know, some studios who, you know, business owners who have owned previous businesses and they have a fund set up and they are able to do, they're literally able to open and then have exactly what they want the moment that the door is open. The people who have that, that's fucking amazing. But when we opened Amory, we were literally, we were getting fucking burritos to the little burrito place next door to where our location is, saw that it was available, contacted the people for some fucking reason. They really liked Adam. And then, <laughs> and then like we, it, yeah. And then we got the, we got the place realized, holy shit. Like, um, well, this is real. This, this is, is very real. real. And within a month saw our bank account just depleting gone. Yep. And so after this first month of us doing renovations and working on the space, we realized, Oh, we can't take the six months that we wanted to make this place fucking beautiful because we have no money coming in. So we got the space opened Amory two months later because of that reason. 
And mm-hmm. I mean, when we opened, we had like four anatomical displays, maybe two body vision displays, maybe fuck God, like a glass display, <sighs> and then like three things from Maya. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just seeing that in the case, looking at it and going, how the fuck are we going to do this? It's crazy, right? Like if you look at old photos, there's even some on our fucking Google page <laughs> or there was, <laughs> there's like, there's old photos of like the day I was open. And if you go back to my Instagram, I did this recently, looked at it like day one or whatever. Oh my God. It was so cute. It was so empty. There's a little room, dude. I had like literally no money and no time. And I spent every waking minute. I dude, I had to have worked, you know, 30 hours for eight days a week. Like it just didn't make any sense. Just or 30 hour days, eight days a week, you know, just nonstop grinding for about a month to get. And if I, if you look at it, you're like, I could have done that overnight. It didn't <laughs> make any sense. I got, I, I got back from that. I got back from that trip that night. I went in and I got it and I up the floor. I knocked on all the walls and I started painting. And then I had like a few hiccups because I did it all myself. I am no contractor, not in the fucking slightest. I don't know what I'm Same. doing. And I just, you know, we, we had to build that shit. And there was like, I had, I had taken, <laughs> it was an old bodega, you know, and I think the dude actually sold like prescription pills to old people out the back because it's all like weird and boarded up. But like he had this lotto counter and I didn't have a counter. I had a jewelry display, case, like a register counter. And I was like, oh, I should have a register counter. So I chopped it and I rebuilt it and I poured like a concrete table on top of it that didn't fucking work because I have no business playing with concrete. <laughs> and like, you know, and I like made this, displaying and i just kind of like filled space you know what i mean and like i just worked I mean, with what dude, i got even the slat wall that was we pallets. didn't have money burned to afford this. a display case yeah so we went to home depot and adam built one for 500 dollars. yeah mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely crazy mm-hmm. the things that you'll do like i remember like you know chiming in on this conversation like I came to Kim and I was like, no one's going to do this right. And I just can't do this anymore. I remember drinking coffee outside at like 11 o'clock at night, working the shithole of a place and was just like, I'm done. Like I'm quitting piercing. And she was like, what? No, that's not happening. Like you, you've done all this shit. I'm like, we've been through hell and back. Like that's not happening. And we took money out of our baby fund to open up classy body art. Yeah. Like, so like, like those are the sacrifices. Yeah, I know. Those are the sacrifices you need to make. And Mm -hmm. like, I had no jewelry. Like that shit was terrifying. Like I would go home, walk out of the store and like no one would show up and just throw up. Cause I was just terrified. Like I wasn't sleeping. Like, didn't I That's buy a I, bunch of your stuff when you, yeah. yeah Cause when you were yeah. closing that, I was like, kind of, I don't know. You were on your way up because I, I remember cause I was like, Hey Nick, like I saw that you were looking for this. I was like, I'm selling my shop. And you were like, Oh good God. Like I remember that. Cause I just sent yeah. a whole bunch of shit to you. Like, uh-huh. and that's, that's just like how it works. And mm-hmm. it, it's terrifying. Like if I didn't have, uh, if I didn't have Kimberly to, figure out the finances for the books and pay for taxes. And shoot, this is literally how my days would work. I was like, Josephine, I'm at, or, uh, cause I got to stop calling her Josephine. Uh, so I'd be like, Kimberly, I need more jewelry. She's like, okay, like this is the amount of money you have. And I was like, well, I kind of need more than that. And she was like, make it work. Like, okay, (laughs) all right. You know? So, and I was like, anodize everything. Like that's my solution. But like, it's, it's just surprising. Like, you'll you'll figure a way to make it work but like that the amount of i swear to god i've lost like 10 years of my life just trying to figure out how to run that business in the first like 18 months i don't know it's insane it's absolutely insane the amount of times lost we've been open three and a half years it feels like three and a half sometimes like I just, it feels like it's just flown by because I haven't sat still. The amount of nights that I have just not gone to bed because I spent uh, the whole night realizing. Sitting on the couch, staring into the darkness. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that guy. <laughs> Dude, I'll stare, in the, I'll stare into the fucking computer just staring at it like I'm redesigning the whole goddamn place. Like this just kind of caffeine crack kick, just like fucking full speed ahead because you get this idea. And when you start realizing that you're not where you need to be and you get that next big idea people don't realize what that does to you like obviously you wake up in the morning and you start thinking rationally like hold on glad we jotted down notes and didn't just go buy everything but like 
you're you it's like it's almost we it's weirdly like survival mode you're just like i need to make this work i need to make this work what what can i do and like your solution was analyze everything yes that is a brilliant solution because it you're you're changing the look of something just enough that it can draw people back in you know so i would stay awake and figure out how can i redesign the studio just enough just move something or move the displays or buy a new player, anything just enough to bring people back in. I need that just a little bit more traffic and it, yeah. and it stay awake for sit in the studio, you know, six, seven days a week, eight to 10 hour days with one person coming in, not understanding why, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh, okay, so, I guess I have. To- I, I, w- I mean, I would definitely say that if, if you are managing a studio, it is it is unlike owning one. There's, there's no resemblance. There's no resemblance at all. No, no. You do, if you're, yeah, there, there isn't, it's, it's just simply not the same. Uh, and if you're doing this with like a, like a higher end studio, that's like a whole different ball game. But if you're playing, if you're playing with jewelry and like, you know, a tattoo artist ex- spare $800 and jotting down appointments, it's in, running a studio. So it's, it's, it's a whole different monster. I mean, Adam, weren't we just at the shop? Was it this week or last week? We were there until midnight. It was this week. This week. We were there until midnight, just moving things around. Mm-hmm. Shelby got a new file cabinet, and that that sparked the idea. It was like, oh, this is our chance to completely redo the office to make it more streamlined so we can get to the things we need to get to in and out. And so it was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, the office can't be in shambles when we're open tomorrow. Okay, uh, do you want to go to the store and pick up some stuff for dinner real quick? And then we'll get started on this. And then we left the shop. It's like 1130 and the office is completely different. But once you get that idea, there's no stopping you from falling in that rabbit hole. Like, it's just, no, this is in my head now. And it's going to stay there until it's finished. (laughs) This is where I've just moved the position of the piercing table and realized that I needed to paint, install more lights. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Don't get me started on fucking lights. (laughs) There's never enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the process of designing and building a big like gas pipe light for the entire lobby currently. See, it's never enough. No, no. It, it never is. And you, you just worry about it all the time. Like that was one of the things like I would constantly like stare off into space and just be like thinking about the things that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. It, it just never ends. And then I think that's a big difference between being a manager and being a shop owner. Cause when you go home at night as a manager, you don't really think about work, but when you own a shop, all you think about is work. Like you oh, walk dude. out, you like look at like an advertisement. You look at somebody who you could like hustle to, like outside of a store. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. all the time. You're like, why don't I have a billboard? Yeah. And then just to give you an example. So we have two young ladies who were counter for us. One of them, she's there a lot more than the other. So the one who isn't there as much, she tends to call on the weekends and has a bunch of questions, which is totally fine. So she'll call and ask me questions. And then the other young lady we work with who is a little bit more like proficient with her job because she's there five days a week and not one or two. Uh, because she's there five days a week, she was like, you know what? Next time she calls you on your day off, you should just be like, hey, it's my day off. And then don't bother me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucking adorable. <laughs> that's so cute that you think that I can do that. And I was like, right. number one, what if you fucking called me with a question and I did that to you? How would that make you feel? Right. And she was like, ooh, that that probably that probably fucking sting a little. And I was like, so think about it in that context. And then two, I don't have fucking days off. <laughs> no. I mean, Adam in the beginning of our podcast, just recording this, had to hang up because he had a call from the shop. Like it's <laughs> it's never days off. Always yeah. <laughs> Day off just means I'm not going into the shop. And then right. know, there's still a fifty fifty shot. That I'm going to end up swinging by the shop, yeah. dude. My I've had I've six. Wait, let's see. I've worked Tuesday through Sunday every day since we've opened, and for the first like three months, I've worked uh, at seven days. You know, and I've had the same hours, so it's just nonstop. So my day off, quote unquote, Monday is is still running errands. I mean, that's my one day to get the things. If I decide I have a project, I do it Sunday night and Monday. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last what? time I actually enjoyed time off. And to the point where now I've... And she's now got, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is cool. And 
I've got Tuesday, Wednesday off. What the hell do I do with myself? Oh, that's right. I don't actually have time off. So a friend of ours is coming into town and uh, I said, Hey, Lindsay, she's, she's the, she works up front. I said, Hey, Lindsay, um, you know, so-and-so is going to be in town. And so, you know, I'll probably be around a little bit. She's like, no, 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 no. It's your day off. You need to take a day off. You can't, you can't (laughs) come around. And I looked at her and I was like, so I'm going to be here for a little bit on Tuesday because that's kind of how running the shit goes. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you have a day? off? I understand. And like, I understand the notion that's really awesome. And eventually someday, yeah, we'll understand what it's like to just have some time off. But if somebody interrupts your day for work related things, I'm going to count that as time at work, maybe not at work, but doing something work. I don't really think it's all, it's always on your mind or somebody's calling you. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm always there to help. I can't shut no, it off. Can't. I need to learn how. I think it's really beneficial when I watch people do it. Like, wow, how do you how do you just shut it off even for ten minutes? I need to learn how, but I don't know. I think it's a little bit soon to do that. I think I got more work to do before I can shut that off. I think we answered that loaded question. I'm just going to throw that out. (laughs) This is is really great. I know we keep getting like sidetracked with stuff, but we're still covering. We're still covering it all, which is great. Which is you picked three people who are all really good friends with each other, so we're just going to fucking ramble. (laughs) Oh, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm letting you guys talk because I talked to like all you guys already. Mostly, it's bugging Nick about how he's working out on certain things, but irregardless. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, I'm actually probably going to split this episode into two parts. So this is where I'm going to end part one and then we'll pick up part two shortly. There you go, folks. I really enjoyed the conversation this week. We talked for so long that we're actually making this a two part episode with the other half dropping very shortly. I wanted to wish all you wonderful folks an amazing and safe time at conference this week. We can't wait to see all the photos and hear about all the amazing experiences from first-timers and veterans alike. Thank you so much to my three guests this week. I've included links for everyone in this week's show notes. Please take some time to follow these guests, or better yet, visit them at their places of employment. You can also say hi to them this week at conference. In other news, I want to thank all you wonderful people for the reviews on iTunes and the Google Play Store, as well as listening in every few weeks. I wanted to thank all of my Patreon subscribers for your support. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support what we do here, please consider joining our Patreon. Even if it's as little as a dollar, every bit counts as we try to upgrade to a fully-fledged recording studio. I would also like to take this time to thank our ongoing sponsors of the podcast. Other Couture Jewelry's owner, Mike Knight, is currently crossing the desert in a massive truck with his co-workers, the Spicy Boys. I can only presume it is being driven by a madman wearing nothing but a fur coat and fueled by his desire to show all you amazing folks the current designs of Other Couture Jewelry. He has been working tirelessly to have designs and jewelry for you at this year's expo. Please take some time to say hello on the expo floor and check out his amazing booth, full of these designs. Sponsor Goldheart Woodworks has been busier than ever with their new website, BodyJewelryDisplays.com. This site allows you to peruse the entire Goldheart Woodworks catalog. It will show you what the case could look like with an upgrade from these amazing people. But not only have they been up to that, they're currently making the trip across the country with a trailer full of displays for all of you beautiful people at conference. Make sure to visit the folks at Goldheart Woodworks at conference on the expo floor to take a look at some of these pieces and bring them home to upgrade your displays. But at that time, you can also talk to them about the love and the care that go into every piece and design. Our final sponsor for this week's episode is from our California family. Adam and Shelby Richens have been crushing it in their city of Santa Cruz at the beautiful Amory Body Arts. This is the only studio I trust in Santa Cruz to send clients and listeners to. For all of your piercing and jewelry needs, make sure to visit our friends at Amory. You can find more information about these companies under the Sponsors tab on our website, realtalkapiercingpodcast.com. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. 
If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.